So, welcome to the press room where your brand and life step into the spotlight. Your host, Deja Monet, and tonight we have a special guest, dating coach Annie White. So, I'm going to read a little bio or background on Annie, and then we'll get right to the question. So, Annie White is a top 25 dating and relationship coach in the country due to her success in coaching dozens of women to marriage, engagement, and relationships. She's an expert contributor on Fox, ABC, and CBS, where she provides skillful dating and relationship advice. And her TED Talk teaches women how to find Mr. Right. So, Annie, thank you so much for um, taking time out of your schedule to talk to um, me and my listeners um, at the <laughs> press room. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. No problem. I, You know, I was thinking about, like, who I was going to have as my first guest, and I know, like, relationships is definitely like a, a thing that a lot of women my age and a lot of my friends that were talking about so I was like I have to get anyone mm-hmm. so I'm really excited about this yes all right so we're gonna go ahead and get right into the question so Annie, mm-hmm. um I just want to learn a little bit more about your background what mm-hmm. made you decide to like become a dating coach so you could have never paid me a million dollars to believe that I would be a dating coach. Um, I went to Howard, go Bison. I have a BA in finance. I was in corporate America, living my best, worst life, working for the man. <laughs> and, um, you know, I became a dating coach because I was my first client. So I graduated Howard, a virgin. Um, and once I graduated, I met this amazing man. We moved in together. We were madly in love. I gave him my virginity and the relationship just became very toxic because of like infidelity and other issues. And I stayed and you would think someone who grew up like with a loving parents and who knew their worth and all that stuff would not be in a situation where you're being cheated on and disrespected and half loved. But I didn't leave because one, I didn't know how to start over. And two, I was too lazy and too comfortable and too scared to start over. So then looking around, I'm like, well, damn, what was I ever really taught about relationships besides make it work? Mm -hmm. So once I really got the strength to leave, I thought I would be so happy. Like, oh, my gosh, like I'm out of that horrible situation. I can love myself. I can find someone who loves me and move forward with my life. But what really happened was I kind of spiraled and got into this depression and I started reading books and I learned so much about myself. And it was just so unfair because I'm reading books for women that are just like, girl, work on you, you know, because it's something wrong with you that attracted that type of man. And to a degree, I believe that, but it misses the point because it also doesn't tell us you can be your absolute best you, but if you don't have tools and skills and confidence and techniques to meet people and know how to date them the right way and date them with purpose, you're going to be your best you by yourself. So I'm reading all these books and I'm like, okay, I started the cooking club. I started the book club. I joined the gym. I got snatched, you know, got (laughs) my edges and whole life was snatched. Okay. And I'm like, well, where this man at though? And he never came because we're not taught as women how to be proactive in our love life. We're taught to wait, wait for the man to approach you, wait for the man to ask you for your number, wait for the man to ask you in your date, wait for the man to ask you to be his girlfriend. And all that really teaches us is everything in our love life is on a man's time and terms. So I decided to like take control of my love life and I decided to create instead of wait. And once I did that girl, my girlfriend from college started 
asking me to call their moms mm. and give them some advice for whatever I did for me. And I'm like, you want me to call Miss Michelle and do what? And I'm like, this lady is twice my age. But I was calling my friend's mom. They were so receptive. And I also found out that no matter how old women are, we've all been taught the same thing, which is nothing or the wrong things about dating. And so just from helping people from the goodness of my heart and just wanting women to win, it really became a national company. That's awesome. I think that's just an awesome story that you (laughs) essentially, you know, were your first client. Girl. (laughs) And then the fact that you were, you know, talking to people's moms, which I I can only imagine, like, that could have been, like, a little bit uncomfortable at first. But Mm -hmm. that's awesome. But let me tell you the one kicker. So I was doing this for fun, working for J.P. Morgan, cashing them J.P. Morgan checks, okay? Mm -hmm. And working with my friend's moms. One of them texted me and said he proposed. And I'm like, what? So I started working on my business plan to get out of corporate, okay, Okay. full time. And just that, just like helping women and giving them the tools and empowering them to engagement. And then it ultimately led to marriages for many of my other clients. So it's just crazy how just identifying your purpose and not running from it and just saying, I love doing this. And so many people need help with this. Where it can take you. Yeah, that's awesome, too. And yeah, I know, like, we've talked about like you mentioned like in your journey how like you stepped out on faith in terms of like starting your business and stuff so that's definitely amazing um I want to talk a little bit more about your business before we segue into Mm -hmm. um, other things but so like overall so I know like you what are some of the things that you help your clients with Mm -hmm. so we essentially help women with three main things the first is how to date marriage material men And what I mean by that is we help women go to better places to meet better men. We also teach them what to do in these places to like schedule the date and to screen them to make sure that they have a job, a car, their own place, not a million baby mamas, you know, like just good (laughs) guys, like quality guys that they can be equally yoked with. And then we teach them how to create a dating plan. And with your dating plan, like all of the things that you're looking for in terms of someone that you want to partner with in life, um, we create dates around that. Because I love, girl, me and Bae going to a steakhouse this weekend. I love a good steakhouse. I love a nice movie. I love going bowling. But none of that really teaches you the fiber of a man's character. None of that teaches you how invested or over-invested he is in you. So when we design their dating plan, we look at the values that you have. Because if a man does not share your values, he can't share your life. So one of my primary values when I was dating was my faith, like God over everything. So my third date with Bay was to church. And that was the eliminator date. Like, you want to date me, but you need to go to church with me, period. If you weren't, I'd be blocked. I'm the whole block captain. I wish y'all could see my block list. It's crazy. Um, I have block parties on people all day, social media, email, phone. I don't care. But, like, we created dates around what was important. Like, family is a huge priority to me. So those family-oriented dates and just creating a dating plan with my clients to make sure that they are equally yoked in every way with the guys they're dating. The next thing I teach them is how to get men to be begging to be their boyfriend. Because a lot of women, we have it kind of twisted. We feel like if we pour into the guy and we overinvest in the guy and we do all this, he's going to see, like, I'm wifey material And this is the woman I need to spend the rest of my life with. But it's actually the exact opposite because like you and I both have our own businesses. So if someone handed us our business and things were kind of going wrong and we 
reached a rough patch, we would be more likely to walk away because of how little we invested in it. But because we pour our whole heart and our soul and our bank accounts into these businesses, just because we're hitting a rough patch, that does not mean we're just about to throw this all away. So I teach my clients how to get men to over-invest in them emotionally, financially, and physically. Because you're doing all of this. You, you know, paying some bills, taking her shopping, taking her out on nice dates, reading books with her, you know, having those deep, soul-bearing conversations, all that stuff. And you're not getting a physical or a sexual payoff. And at that point, he's begging you to be his girlfriend because he wants the boyfriend benefits that come with doing all that for you. So I definitely teach women how to really date in such a way where men are begging to be their boyfriend. And then Mm -hmm. I teach them how to go from relationship to ring. Um, Okay, like, that's cute, getting that little boyfriend title, but long term, let's talk about what we really want, okay? So that's what I teach them. That's awesome. So a lot of my friends were in our 20s, like late 20s. Oh, God, I can't believe I'm saying that. Late 20s. (laughs) We like scissors. 20-something. Right, right. (laughs) So, you know, a lot of us are not quite there yet in terms of ready to get married. But, like, what advice do you typically give to women that are, like, in their late 20s, like millennial women about Mm -hmm. dating? Now, this is the funniest thing. So, one, you never get your harvest in the same season you plant your seed Mm, okay so a lot of women we think we have so much time so we're like oh I'm only 28 oh I'm only 29 like (laughs) I'll get serious about dating at 32 no baby girl first of all it's going to take you about a year or two to meet the real one then it's going to take you about a year or two to get the ring then you want to start the family and while all of that is happening your biological clock is ticking and you're becoming less and less fertile over time So I tell women, Mm. like, even with me starting my business, I wanted to start a business at 30. But had I started a business at 30, it wouldn't have been successful until I was 35. No. If you want to get married by a certain time, you need to plant those seeds two years beforehand. Uh, Most women have in their head when they want to start their family and get married and all that stuff. So whenever that is, you need to start investing in this area by, like, working with a coach, at least two years beforehand, because it's a process, okay? okay? So I would tell women to invest just as much in their love life as they do in their business, because I have most of my clients, all of my clients make six figures, honestly, but some of my clients who make 300 and 400,000, they have two homes, they have homes in the Hamptons, they have like Corvettes, and they have Porsches, and they have all these amazing things, and no one to share it with, and no one to leave it to. So it's cool to be building your business and be an entrepreneur and being a boss. But what does that really mean if you don't have anybody to come home to, if you don't have anybody who's your support system and you don't have anybody to start a family with? So I would just really encourage millennials to balance. And we do that so well. Balance how far we go in our business and give a little energy to our love life as well, because your partner is also a financial decision. When you meet the right person, you're going to have twice the income and half the bills. So you don't even need to go as hard because you got somebody to lean on. So consider Mm -hmm. all of that. Yes, I love that advice. I think that's awesome. Um, What is another? Okay, so while we're talking about, and this is just a a perfect segue. um, So in terms of, I noticed, and sometimes I'm guilty of this too, a lot of times, like, it's either, like, we're focused, as women, we're either focused on business mm-hmm. or our career, and we're not focused mm-hmm. on dating. So, 
like how can we find that balance like what advice do you have for women that are trying to balance that okay so how you can find the balance is two ways one don't think about one don't think it's just gonna happen so try on some proactivity but you don't have to really like flip your life upside down to meet a great guy Online dating is not the wave anymore. It is not what it used to be. So get offline and develop an offline approach to dating, first of all. But second of all, just get proactive in your usual places. Gaisha, where's the top five places you go to in a month? Uh, I'm always at a networking event. You're breaking up. I can't hear you. You're always where? Oh. Can you hear me? Go ahead. I, I said I'm always at a networking event, the gym, and I'm always in the airport. Boom. Boom. There we go. (laughs) A networking event. That's a great place to meet a man. But most times we are so myopic. We're like, oh, we're only here to pass out our cards and make those professional connections that we're ignoring this room full of gainfully employed men who are clearly into personal development because you're here and into like growing their network and really making something of themselves. So you're ambitious, you're goal oriented and you got a job. And we ignore all the guys there. And we're like, okay, girl, let's go to this happy hour. Hope a man here has a job. Hope a man here has a 401k. Hope a man here has some ambition. So you don't have to do that. Just get proactive in the places that you already go. A networking event. You said the gym, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's where I met Bay, And that's mm-hmm. where one of my clients who is engaged on my website with her great testimony on her man on one knee, that's where she approached her fiance. So just getting proactive in the gym. As ladies, we love cardio, but men are in the weight section. So go over to the weight section and just say, hey, can you show me some exercises to tone up this part of my body? Start working out, you know, give him your number, schedule the date and move forward. The airport, you can see a cute guy and say, where are you running off to? And he'll tell you, you just start the conversation. But you didn't have to change your life in any way or capacity to meet these people. You just had to see a cute guy and get proactive in that moment that mattered. That's first of all. But meeting people and not having time to date them is a challenge. So scheduling dates by getting creative with your current calendar. So a gym date. If you're always at the gym, schedule a gym date. You can schedule a date running errands, child, and hopefully he will pay for them groceries. Hopefully he will pay for that stuff at Target, okay? And do all of this. So that's how you get creative using your current calendar. Um, as for me, like, what's one thing? Church. Like, I love me some Jesus. So I didn't want to give up church to, you know, get a man. So I invited Bay to church and Bible study and my ministry meetings and everything else. So you don't have to, like, it's just about bringing them into the fold that is your life, as opposed to letting go of all the things that you love to do to make space for a man. And I think that's why people don't date because they feel like it's so time consuming, but it's not if you do it right. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I think that's great, especially because we have so many women that are on the go and women that, you know, are really investing a lot of time in their business. I think um, a lot of times we get so caught up in it has to be one or the other. And I think what you provided was examples of how it can be both or how you can. Right. And just to add to that a little bit more, Your man should not just be your partner in crime. He should be your accountability partner. He should be your prayer partner. He should be your Uber driver. He should be an angel investor. He should be all that. And I remember when me and Bay first started dating, I was like so inundated with work. And he asked me, he was like, can I come to the office and help you? Like, can you teach me some stuff that like your team does and I can help as well? 
because he's a firefighter, he has a flexible schedule. So, yeah, you know, I have training videos. You know, I do not play. So, I'm like, yeah, boo, come on through. So, he came through. I showed him the training videos. And, like, to this day, I can lean on him to do stuff. When I travel and go on tour, he will take off work and go with me and set up and take the pictures and, you know, do all this stuff. Like, your man needs to be your, like, partner. He needs to be your support system in every single way. And that's why, like, getting the right partner is not time-consuming and it's not a liability. It's an asset when you do it right. But how many of us are taught how to do it right? That's the problem. Yeah, not that many. Girl. <laughs> so, um, another thing. So, I was talking to some ladies today, actually. Um, and a lot of times, like, people say never like mix uh business with pleasure but like how do you feel about like like day and business like should it be separate like how can women work with their boobs together i know you kind of like touched on it in terms of like your boyfriend like supporting mm-hmm. you like but what are your thoughts on that it really depends so like i see some relationships like tamar and vince they were married mm. for a long while i think eight or nine years and it was all good in the hood until she blew up as a star and he was her manager and then it became a problem because it's like when do you stop being my manager and start being my husband again and when are we not talking about business and when are we just talking about us and our feelings and just being husband and wife like I think the issue is that you don't have boundaries in a relationship like that because true story I might not be working but I might be talking today about my next project or you know, my next big idea or whatever, mm-hmm. but he's not my manager. So it's not like I'm talking to him and he's like, okay, well, I'm going to call Fox tomorrow. Okay. I'm going to do this or no, it's just like, they, right. that's a great idea. This is going to be good. Let's pray about it. Blah, blah, blah. Conversation over. What's up with the Kardashians? Like we keep it moving. And when you don't have those boundaries, it's hard. And you can see once they started working together, now you're playing with her money and his money. And it just adds another layer to relationships that are already complicated if we're being honest so I would definitely mm-hmm. suggest um you just evaluating how you and your partner work well together because so many relationships break up because of that I would definitely if your man is not already a manager if your man is not already whatever you're thinking about working with him on don't do it do not do it because it's not worth the drama that can eventually ensue um But bring your man on as a consultant, bring him on as, you know, just someone who can assist you, like, intermittently. But in terms of having him on the payroll and all that stuff, I think it gets complicated. And I wouldn't suggest it. Mm -hmm. What do you think about those type relationships? Um, Personally, I would not. Um, I'm more so, and it's funny, I was just having a conversation with someone the other day. Like, I definitely will with somebody, like, more so in the support role, like, as far as, like, bringing ideas with, mm-hmm. um, helping me bring things like that, but not in terms of, like, an actual, like, business partner. Exactly. So that's what I would do, because I don't, I don't see it going that well, because, it, you know, God forbid things don't work. I mean, even with, like, Mary J. Blige and her mm. manager, hus- mm. like, husband, he took all that money, like... <laughs> They awarded it to him, right? I think they did. Like, he, yeah, he, like, filed for spousal mm-hmm. support. And he was, like, asking for more money. And I'm just like, mm no. And it just gets so, so messy. You know. And then he's, like, saying all this crazy stuff. Like, you know, because you were my highest paid client, 
And now that I'm not your manager because we're getting divorced, you need to compensate me for my losses and all this crazy stuff. And the court is really upholding it. And so, because they're yeah. like, your professional relationship has nothing to do with your personal relationship. But it has, well, I don't even want to see you. So why should you be on tour with me when you've been cheating on me throughout our marriage? And so I think people don't begin with the end in mind. You know what I mean? So I would definitely mm-hmm. begin with the end in mind. And I would think about worst case scenario. Is it worth it? I would rather pay somebody who does this. And even if you do this, that's fine. But you need to go manage Lady Gaga. And then I'm going to find a manager. And we can right. make those boundaries. And I know it sounds good in theory because it's like, why would I pay somebody else? Who's going to go harder for me than my husband? And I would rather keep the money in the household. But at the end of the day, you can end up losing your husband and your manager. So, yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, I totally agree. So I know you mentioned something that stuck out to me, too, is about creating mm-hmm. boundaries. So how do you – how am I going to phrase this? So – how can women go about just like creating boundaries in whatever stage in their like dating um, life? Essentially, is what I want to ask you. So, you said, how do you create boundaries in? Yeah, because I feel like I have some friends. Like, I have one friend who was like, "Well, he did this," and I'm like, "Well, did you let him know that that's mm-hmm. not okay?" Or like, so I feel like sometimes like women struggle with like setting up boundaries, like whether they're just dating mm-hmm. a guy versus it's their boyfriend or their husband yeah and that's an issue so the advice I have for women is one set standards for your life and the people you let in it and then two boundaries are amazing because they teach the right people how to treat you and then they help the wrong people eliminate themselves and so Mm -hmm. what I mean by that is the biggest boundary that you could set up for anybody is the word no And of -hmm. course, people work with me because they're like, how do I say no without seeming mean or like a bitch or like I'm full of rejection? So, of course, I help women finesse that. Um, And, you know, follow me on Instagram at NECWhite underscore because I give out great tips on my page in terms of how to finesse certain situations. But Mm -hmm. how you do that is, one, you say no with your words in a very crafty way at first. And then two, you Mm -hmm. say no with your actions. So I'll give you an example completely unrelated to our love life, but totally applicable as well. So when I first started driving, I was so hyped to be driving. I'm a whole family's Uber driver. And everybody would just be calling me like, hey, Ann, can I get a ride to the grocery store? Can I get a ride to the dry cleaner? Can I get a ride to Target? And I'm like, yeah, I'll be there in 30. Hype. And then it was (laughs) just like I was dropping my life to accommodate other people. So I had to set up a boundary and say, you know, I'd be happy to help you when I can, but I need at least 24 hour notice. Don't call me an hour before you need to be somewhere and make your lack of planning my emergency. And of course, it was a difficult conversation to have, but I had to set that boundary to protect myself and to teach people how to treat me. And people try it. You set up your boundaries and people try to, you know, diddy bop around them. But you say no with your words and then you say no with your actions. So people would hit me up knowing I already asked them not to do something. And they're like, hey, girl, like, I need to go to so-and-so by 3 o'clock, and it's 12 o'clock. And so I would either say, sorry, can't do it, or I would just not reply. Because sometimes silence is the best response to a fool. And Mm -hmm. this is my other thing. How do I say this in a nice way? Okay. (laughs) It's nobody's job to remember your boundaries. It's your job to make sure they don't forget it. So as women, men try us. Like, I remember something they used to do when we first started dating. 
the first month, he's a gentleman, so he wanted to pick me up and he wanted to drop me off at my door and open my door. But baby boy, I've had stalkers. Like, I don't know you well enough to let you know where I live. So he would try right. so hard, like, oh, should I pick you up? Oh, should I drop you off? No, I told him no, like two or three times, <laughs> but he was just not having it. So the fourth time he asked me, like, you know, you need me to pick you up? And I was just like, this boy is not going to give up. So I gave him the, the address of the McDonald's near my house. And I just walked <laughs> to McDonald's and he picked me up and then he just left me alone. He was like, whatever you ready to let me know where you live, cool. But he just got it. But it wasn't my job to like, <laughs> it wasn't his job to forget my boundary or remember my boundary. It was my job to make sure he didn't forget it. And I feel like as women, we're so belligerent, we're so argumentative sometimes, when sometimes you got to show people with your actions where your lines in the sand are. Because men test us. That's what they do. They need to know where the parameters lie. So they test you to see what are the boundaries. So not having any boundaries sets you up for failure because you go along to get along and then he walks all over you. Hmm. That's interesting. I like that showing. And I feel like men too are such like, they like never listen like I feel like with some guys like I'll tell them a million times I'm like well remember I told, told you this but they never forget when you show them something mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. so I think that's he never wanted point. to ask me again because he did not want to be in a McDonald's parking lot <laughs> like wait a minute is she getting off work wait a minute what is going on okay like you gotta show people with your actions like I remember my girlfriend she was telling me this guy was only hitting her up when he wanted to have sex and, you know, of course, that's her problem for, like, mm-hmm. making it a really casual relationship in the beginning. But he hit her up at 3 in the morning, like, yo, I just got in from the club with my homies. I really want to see you. She was like, okay, on the way, baby, stay up. Two hours passed. He calling her, like, where you at? She never came. The booty <laughs> never cometh, right? And so <laughs> the next morning, she was like, I'm not a booty call. And you're going to look like boo-boo the fool any and every time you think you can just reach out to me when you want your needs met. I'm a lady and you need to treat me accordingly. So sometimes we had to set up boundaries on the back end. That's not always the best because it's hard to unscramble eggs. But he remembered that time she played him and had him up at 2 in the morning. I mean, 3 in the morning all day. And then he started coming correct. So definitely showing people with our actions as opposed to our words where we really stand. That's so important. Yeah, I love it. So I have a couple user, I mean, listeners submitted questions. One is one of these questions is actually from a guy and I told him I would ask it on air. So <laughs> I hope he listens to this because I'm going to send him to send him this um, recording after because he wanted me to ask it. So his question is like being in a society where women are, you know, so ambitious and really don't or act like they don't Mm -hmm. need a man what advice can you give him for just dating independent Mm -hmm. women well the first and maybe only piece of advice I can say is be consistent you know the main reason we're so independent is because how many times has a person said I got you girl or I got your back or I want to help you or I want to support you and then they've left you hanging or they kind of threw it in your face that they were there for you. So just right. be consistent. You know, like even with Bay, I remember he had to ask me several times. He's like, how can I help? And I thought he was just being polite. And I'm like, oh, baby, that's sweet. Like, you know, just pray for me. I'm going to get it together. 
And then he would be like, no, how can I help? And he would tell me, like, I hate seeing you, like, running yourself ragged and stressed when I'm here to help you. But it took him saying it several times for me to get it wasn't just him being polite. It was him being serious about wanting to have my back. So be consistent, one. And um, no, that's just it. Be consistent with your words. Because a lot of times we're not comfortable asking for help. And we're not even comfortable receiving help. Oh, my God, I had the craziest story. So... I had an event out of town and my assistant last minute could not go with me. And I'm on the phone telling him, having a whole heart attack about it. Like, how am I going to travel? I need to prepare for this on the road. That's why she drives me, blah, blah, blah. He was like, let me take you. And I was like, no, I couldn't have you do that. Da, 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 da. I was like, let me call you back. I'm going to work something out. And then as soon as I got off the phone, I was like, Amy, God just worked it out. Why did you say no? And then I called them back. You know, it's so hard for us, especially in the beginning, to trust that people are going to show up for us when we don't have a track record of consistency with them. So, mm -hmm. you know, me just being self-aware and saying, Annie, are you not letting people support you even though they're trying and saying, what would you tell a client? I would tell the client to receive help. And it's crazy because I've literally had clients go through this exact same thing and I've had to tell them this story and they've leaned into receiving help. But a lot of times, I think we set that precedence in relationships that I don't need you. And so we feel like we're doing everything in a relationship because when he tried to be there for us, we didn't let him. So I would definitely tell the guy, and thank you for asking it. That's a beautiful question. Be consistent. Ask her and ask her and ask her. Just like you ask her for the buns, just like you ask her to cook for you over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Ask her how you can help over and over and over again until she knows that you're serious and you have her back. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's awesome advice. Um, okay, so I have a few more questions. Well, one more question. So, one of my um, listeners um, asked so, Annie, like, you're an amazing businesswoman. Seems like you have everything together. What's one piece of advice that you would give to women who have a business or are looking to start Ooh, with? one. Just one? Sheesh. Oh, you can do more. <laughs> you want okay. To. The first piece of advice I would give you, give anyone, is start where you are. Like, mm -hmm. one, start where you are, and two, don't be so good to start from the bottom. And what I mean by that mm. is, like, we let the internet rush us. We look on social media and we're, you know, looking at all these posts and it looks like she's winning, it looks like he's winning, they're securing the bag. And it's like, when is our season going to happen? But we haven't even planted seeds yet. So, one, don't be scared to start where you are because this is the beautiful thing about faith. Like, you can literally, it's kind of like the headlights in your car. You're literally only allowed to see a few feet in front of you. But you got to take that next step to see the next little bit in front of you. But start where you are. When I first started, right, I was scared to have an event. I was scared to do public speaking. I was scared of everything. So the second piece of advice is do it afraid <laughs> because God is definitely going to reward mm -hmm. your efforts. But I decided to have an event. Those went okay. And then I was like, I'm not reaching enough people. I want to go on tour. I mean, I just started getting more followers. But when I decided to go on tour, I had a thousand followers on Instagram. And I had a thousand people on my mailing list. And I'm trying to go to cities that people ain't even ever heard of me at. I can't even reach people. At. It was crazy. 
but just faith in it until you make it. What I decided to do was do free events. I decided to partner with anybody who would sponsor their venue. Girl, it could have been a hair salon. It could have been a nail salon. You know, you come to a few of my events and just yes. give me a room full of women and I'm going to make it work. And starting mm-hmm. where I am, never feeling like, oh, I'm too good to be in a hair salon. I'm too good to be here. I'm too good to be there. No, making it work. I literally had a six-figure year last year having free events in hair and nail salons and boutiques, period. Yeah. Just starting where I am and just letting God use me and being humble enough to say it's okay to start from the bottom. Now, I literally just wrapped up a meeting with my manager and we're looking for bigger venue spaces. Like, we're doing bigger things and it's more exciting. It's like a different, more exciting time in my business. But if I wouldn't have planted those seeds and being willing to start where I was and use what I had, I wouldn't be here. So don't despise small beginnings. The Bible says that all the time. Do not despise small, small beginnings. And then the Bible also says, if you're a good steward of a little, God will make you a good steward of a lot. So know how to manage. I don't care if five people are in the room. You're an expert no matter how many people are in the room. So be faithful over the five people God releases to you. Be faithful over the 10 mm-hmm. people God releases to you. And then one day you're going to be speaking to arenas. But if you're too good to talk to 10 and 5 and 15 people, God is never going to release more people to you. Yes. Amen. Thank you for that sermon, sister. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So speaking of tours, um, I know you are going on tour. Um, can you tell us more about that tour, like some of the dates, like the things you're going Absolutely. Oh. So we're fresh start for your heart. And um, it's all about, you know, like all of the, all of the bruises and the scars that we've acquired in the dating world, how it can sometimes turn us off to dating, how it can sometimes make us bitter, how it sometimes can like, you know, really discourage us from getting back out there again. So we're going to talk about one, how to let go of the wrong people and two, how to learn from all your mistakes so you don't keep repeating them. Um, and three, how to have a healthy relationship, how to be a healthy person, how to have those healthy attachments. So you're not constantly building, destroying, building, destroying, building, destroying, but you're building forever with one person because you're healthy and you're attracting healthy people. Um, we're going to kick off the tour in New Jersey, April 19th, literally two weeks from now. Um, then we're going to New York, April 20th. We're going to Philly, April 21st. We're doing Baltimore, April 26th. DC April 27th and a virtual event like people from Cali from Chicago everywhere have been registering for the virtual event um on April 28th and if you're interested if you're like I don't want the man who couldn't love me the right way keep me from the man who could and I also don't want to bring old baggage to a new relationship you need to go to I'm sick of single.com backslash events and register awesome I definitely uh Sorry, I cannot talk. I definitely will be joining you in New York for sure. You know, I always like to come and see you here in town. (laughs) I love you too. So, um, Andy, is there anything else that you want to leave with our listeners? Any, any, I couldn't hear you. You went out. I said, I'm sorry. Is there um, any other, any other nuggets or anything else that you want to leave with our listeners before we um, end this episode? The last thing I want to say is if you do have a business, definitely work with Deja because getting publicity is everything and making sure that like sure you had this amazing brand but like who knows about it um the fact that she's even doing this press room and like giving you guys like access to amazing people like people have no idea 
Yes, you. you are amazing. Yeah. Thank you. But like people have no idea what goes into like just serving, you know what I mean? And just giving them gems and jewels because you want people to win. Um, so definitely work with a publicist. I can tell you like the fact that I've been on like Fox and ABC and CBS and giving a TED Talk, all that stuff just adds just this different level of credibility to my life. I've worked with Deja before. You should definitely work with her. She loves her clients. She fights for them all that stuff. So if you have a business and you're like, how can I take it to the next level? Hire a publicist, hire somebody who's going to help you get your brand together, because that's what people really associate you with. So you got to hire people who's going to help you like elevate your brand and never be afraid to invest in yourself. I feel like that's the problem. We invest in Chipotle, we invest in Louboutins, we invest in these bundles, we invest in everything but things that's really going to give us a return on our investment because we're going to make more and more money from it. So that is literally the last thing I will leave everyone with. And he did not pay me to say that. That is all from the heart. Okay. <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. Well, one last thing. So how can people um, stay in contact with you? Can I can hear you. What did you say? I said, how can people... Um, get yes, go to imsickasingle.com backslash consultation if you want to talk one-on-one. Or um, follow me on Instagram at white underscore. And yes, hunty, like, you'll be family because I love chatting with my followers. Yes, she does. <laughs> All right. So thank you, Annie, for that awesome interview and joining us in the press room. Um, thank you guys for tuning into this episode. And we yes, thank you for week. having me. Bye, boo. No problem. You're welcome. Bye.